0: made a call to the pen and on the mound now Evan Kahn joining me Scott Beatty for the second hour of sports talk we're so glad you're with us we really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of your day and hopefully it's been a good one if you're wrapping it up you're working second shift and it's just uh, you're halfway through. Whatever we can do to help you uh, get through the day, we really appreciate the opportunity. We got some time to take texts and calls this hour if you want to hop on. The phone number is 217 356 9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 217 351 5357. Got some audio to bring you to from Illinois Football Coaches. It's the Idol Week in honor of Bob Osmussen, a week in which there is no game for Illinois football until next Thursday against Chattanooga. So they are weighing in here on a Tuesday. And there's no coaches show tomorrow night, by the way. Instead, it will be Illinois volleyball. They play Eastern Illinois. And the Prep Confidential show for Prep Football Confidential will be on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5, at 6 p.m. tomorrow. So that is coming up. Uh, football on the mind, baseball on the mind. Evan Kahn, good to see you. I want to start though with last night. I don't know if you caught the uh, Joe and Troy show on Monday Night Football.
1: Mm-mm. No, I needed a, a football break. Saturday and Sunday were crazy enough for me. I, I listened to the Zade and Coomer last night as the the Cubs took care of business. But New York, I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get around to it. I, I saw some highlights um, mostly. Peyton Manning should be a head coach trying to call timeout and the head coach of an uh, NFL team not calling timeout.
0: Is there is there any more moment in sports where everyone seems to know when to do a thing except for a head coach? 97 and two-thirds times out of 100, a coach knows way more than your average fan. Mm-hmm. But there's al- it's always the timeout. Call! Time! Out! Call! But it looked like it was intentional. At the moment, that's what they were saying. And then it came down, do we kick a, an attempt, a 64-yard field goal, or do we try and go for it in fourth and five and see if we can get into a better position or even, I don't know, score a touchdown? They tried the field goal. Spoiler alert, they missed on the road in Seattle. Well, as you were saying, you you look at it, and it's fourth and five,
1: with under a minute and you've got three timeouts. When else is there a time to call timeout than right there? <laughs> just like it's just a, a no brainer, and, and you know, just just one of those things when you're on a national game, it gets over scrutinized, and it
0: comes down to that. There was a, a whole lot that goes into it, but if yeah, I'm ever something... a head football coach, <laughs> just letting y'all know, if I'm ever a head football coach, there's going to be a guy or a gal right next to me, and they're going to have you know what. I am gonna put on a shock collar that dogs wear, okay? And when it's time that uh to, to call a timeout, I'm gonna say you have full power to call a timeout, but only a coach can call a timeout. You press that buzzer, I'm gonna get buzzed, and then I'm gonna call a timeout in response, okay?
1: There's so much support staff I don't see how they can't. You gotta get that back guy,
0: right? You got a guy whose whole job is to keep you from running onto the field mm-hmm. at the wrong time. Why can't you have somebody to help like a bench coach? <laughs> I, there's like I, I get it. It's like air traffic control. The amount of communication has to go on, but somehow, some way, head football coaches have to figure out when to call timeout the proper time, because it's one of those everybody want, can see
1: it but you. I, I that or I wonder if, as you were saying, when when it comes to a, a football coach, a, as they work their way up, you know, they're all X's and O's and, and drills and doing all of that. Sometimes they don't have to worry about clock management. They've never really had to do those sorts of things and you know, it it just kinda comes up and, and you're not prepared for it. But it it does seem to come up more often than you would think.
0: It's very strange. Very strange. Um anyway, go for it or kick the field goal. Field I would goal go wins for it.
1: it. I, I I say go for it. Where with where you're at and what as people were saying, you you got all this money invested in Russell Wilson, you should trust Russell Wilson rather than the kicker that you're probably paying two million dollars, and you probably had a three different. He obviously guys has the leg.
0: I mean, he had the driver. It was,
1: out. it was there. Yeah, I in in it was not the worst call, but
0: yeah, I remember sitting and go, I wonder if they should have gone for it, but I get it. You're probably not winning this game either way, so you know you're gonna try what you think might work in the moment. Um And then I decided, oh, yeah, I don't have to care about either of these teams, and I'm <laughs> going to bed. <laughs> so I forgot to have any more passion about the situation. But here we are. <laughs> Making <laughs> the rounds. Um, Mike Trout is playing baseball today, mm-hmm. and that's notable for a couple of reasons, because A, he's a really he, good player. He just made it out.
1: I was going to say, I think he, he missed out on it. The reason why MLB tonight was going in, because he was looking for eight straight with a home run. And I guess he's
0: still got time to go, but... Yeah, that game just started. But, yeah, he would tie a record for most consecutive games with a home run. Ken Griffey Jr., Don Mattingly, and some guy named Dale Long. <laughs> but, uh...
1: Do you know who that is? No. I don't either. No, I, I, he, I he did I, it I in thought, 1956, so. Yeah, I thought you you might have the backstory. Oh, problem. no, no,
0: that was not a sarcastic some guy named Dale Long. That's a... I have no idea who that is. Okay. But probably I should. But
1: one of those things.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he had a hot streak. And he, yeah, a flash it, in the pan. Some Th- sometimes somebody can call in and say, "How did he not know about Dale Long? He was the... Well, sorry, <laughs> I didn't know." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he is. Uh, he made it out. But also, they're playing the Cleveland Indians, who are in the AL Central, and that is mm-hmm. significant for the Chicago White Sox, who trailed them by three games, and play tonight against the Colorado Rockies, and that is a ball game you'll hear here on DWS with pregame coverage at 630. Cubs continue their series in New York, and the Cardinals begin a division series with the Milwaukee Brewers, who are eight games behind the Cardinals. Eight games behind the Cardinals. This is it. This is it. I mean, they're on life support already, but if the Brewers can't uh, probably sweep this series, they're done. As far
1: as the division goes, luckily the the bottom of the wild card race has kind of fallen out here over the last couple of weeks, and, and the Brewers still have a hope of, of squeezing in there. But they, it's it's go time for them in the division, like you said, a, a chance to make up three games or a chance to lose three games. The Cardinals can really put a, a nail in it as far as things go, and. Matt Bush is starting tonight, so I don't know if we're going to see Albert, but uh, Bush is more of a, an opener type of guy. So could see him get an A-B back there in, in St. Louis after going ahead of A-Rod this weekend out in Pittsburgh. So always plenty of a reason to watch them. And, and the White Sox, uh, y- you said it, um, they have w- uh, a one-off makeup with Cleveland later this week, but they, they're playing a, a little more inspired over the last couple of weeks, and they, they don't necessarily have they, – they have – a schedule that lends itself to what they're trying to do, right? They, they've got four with Cleveland, they've got six with, uh, the Twins, mm-hmm. and then you've got the Tigers and the Rockies and teams that are out of it. And, of course, we saw last night Cubs You know, can, can play spoiler against those competing teams, but the White Sox uh, are definitely playing inspired, right? The Mets are in first place. They've kind of got a, a playoff spot, so you can understand it, but the, the White Sox, it's it's still go time for them. And we'll see if Kopeck can put one together because he's kind of had a, a couple clunkers since he had, what was it, the knee issue a few weeks back?
0: Yeah. Oh, he got lit up a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, no, tonight is not a record-breaking night for Wainwright and and Yachty, right? I think that's tomorrow night. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be tomorrow because Jordan Montgomery goes for the Cardinals Mm -hmm. tonight. By the way, um, Lauren and I were chatting offline about it, but is there, this is one of the finer finishes for a player, Albert Pujols, because look at what Willie Mays, this is Willie Mays in his final season. He obviously played a long time, and. Um, arguably the greatest player, at least of a generation, if not all time, right? And I know you can't compare eras, but I think he's in that conversation for me. He's a Mount Rushmore of position players. Last year with the Mets, 211 in 66 games, 10 doubles, 6 homers, 25 driven in. The year before in 1972 combined, he hit 250 in 88 games had uh, one homer or eight homers and 22 driven in. I'm just giving you triple count stats. I get Mm -hmm. it. But, um, you know, he he, he was kind of a a shell of himself in in that sense. There's a lot of players like that, legacy-type players where maybe you don't want to look at their last year. But (laughs) Albert Pujols is... Not what he was, but yet is still kind of almost playing like he was uh, at the plate.
1: He's he's found his role. He's in, he's y- you're he's you. become better. he's but become you, a, a role player you're in, in better, a sense, yes. and he he's he's doing exactly what the Cardinals brought him in to do: is help the clubhouse have professional
0: at bats and hit tanks. <laughs> and it's just neat to see somebody get an opportunity in sports to finish in a way that. May either choose not to or just don't get to. Mm-hmm. I was because their body won't let them.
1: Yeah, I was trying to trying to think of, of some guys. Uh, probably the most notable would be David Ortiz, who probably could have won an MVP in his final season, and, and he ended up bowing out. But m- the majority of them, uh, you think of, of Derek Jeter. I just saw the the. Yep, tweet that's came a good up one. On, on my time hop not that long ago. Like he batted second that entire final season, but his OPS was like six hundred or something like that. So you, you knew it was his time to to go as well. And at least he got to do it as a Yankee, and he never had to to go put on a, another uniform. But yeah, Albert, especially with the way that the Cardinal season has come together here over the last month and a half since since the trade deadline, and they've really taken over the the NL Central. It's it's really lining up. So if he gets to seven hundred, we'll see Wayno and uh, Molina break the break the record for most starts as a battery tomorrow night, and.
0: Hopefully they they can keep the magic going. Which will be a bigger celebration? Oh, Albert! I mean, the seven hundred or the or the when, the fact that he passed Rodriguez, which was a little bit muted because it was on the road. If he does it at home, I mean, they're just going to have a victory laps for him. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. But I think this is—he's already done the bigger deal. Yeah, I didn't. I
1: didn't see. I saw the video of the home run. I don't know. Did Pittsburgh pause and and recognize it? I, don't know. I, I was kind of surprised i don't think that they did I, I think they will when he when he hits 700 they'll stop it you know they'll, they'll get the ball they'll come out and he'll, he'll he'll do his curtain call and all that and yeah i hope i hope that happens at bush it, it it would be fine i don't know exactly how their schedule lays out but i think they stay around the central towards the end so might end up in cincinnati for that last series or maybe
0: it's at bush i don't know We'll we'll keep keep track all right, we've got some football audio to get to you when we come back. And if you want to weigh in, phone lines, text line is open as well. This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Scott and Evan with you. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that came up.
2: Oh,
1: the new bumpers. Okay, okay. Excuse me?
0: Uh, nice stuff. All right. <laughs> I think that was from Blake Landa. Oh, is that a Blake one? Yeah. <laughs> very groovy. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Brett Bielma talked with us uh, today. Uh, and, and The offense. The offense, it's been moving the ball. All right, enough of that. It's been moving the ball, but obviously <laughs> the <laughs> mistakes, <laughs> the turnovers, we talked about that a little bit last uh, last hour. Here's Brett Bielma's thoughts on it.
3: I came out of the Indiana game last week, and I made a very specific point to our coaches and in particular. Uh, I just thought we were loose with the ball on the perimeter on the edges. And, and, you know, it's one thing to talk about ball security and coach it, but they got to hear you. They have to understand it. You can't just speak it, you know, and and expect them to understand it. Right. Like, so we have to do a better job of that. That was a very emphatic point I made on Sunday. Um, if you watched the game last night, right, we got done. And I got a chance uh, to sit down and watch uh, a couple of my former players and, and, you saw the Seahawks really, you know, turn the ball over inside the red area, which is the difference in the game, right? So, uh, I'm not Seahawks, Denver, right? I'm still used to saying it the other way. Uh, but th- those those turnovers and where they took place and and after a big play, you know, like um, those are huge momentum changes. And if our defense doesn't respond in a way, those could potentially be game-changing moments, right? But um, I, I've been very, very pleased with Barry. Uh, you guys have heard me say things. I went in and grabbed him again on Sunday before I left. And I said, hey. You are doing what you were brought here to do. You're building excitement. You're putting players in a position. You're distributing the ball. One of the things that I remembered him saying in our our process when I was beginning to talk to him about this opportunity was he had really learned a lot from year one to year two as a coordinator when he was at UTSA. Just the potential landmines and things. And I I remember during the process I said, well, let's try to avoid those, right? Let's 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 just jump to year two results. But that's not it, it, as much as we want to say it and we're going to try to do it, there's just some growing pains. You know, Pat Bryant, I promise you, Pat Bryant, as that ball's getting stripped, he's literally re- leeched to lock his arm like we teach him to do. he just got to do it a little bit quicker. Um, you know, uh, Chase let that ball get loose. Uh, he thought he hit the ground with his arm, but he didn't, right? That ball came out. Um, uh, Tommy, I know, wishes he could have that first one back again as well. So I think the dynamics that played out, Uh, Those things went and happened. Now we have to learn from them. We all have learned. We all touched a hot stove, right? We all ate pizza when it was too hot. Like, we learned these things and got to go through it. uh, uh, And eventually, uh, they become your normal way of doing things. You don't have that problem.
0: There's something about the mistakes that were made in the game uh, that I just am not overly concerned about. It felt like it didn't come from a place of, boy, these guys are overmatched or just incompetent. Um, it, it, it you know, uh, uh, Bielma gave an explanation. Take it if, if if you want it or not. It just it felt like those some of those can go away. I don't think Devito's wildly inaccurate. He, I don't know what he did. He just made bad reads or he just underthrew some balls. Um, but it doesn't strike me as like, oh gosh, this guy's all over the place.
1: Yeah, the the interception was weird. It was kind of like Justin Fields' interception. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense on, on Sunday. You weren't sure where the pass was going, if it was an errant pass, if it was just a, a bad read, like you were saying. Correctable things. They aren't reckless mistakes, right? It's not a, a guy carrying the ball out too far and it's just getting peanut poked out or or something like that. It, it's just little technical things, and, and it sounds like they're they're things that they've they've covered. They they know. How to to fix them, and, and you know, in the the passion and the the heat of the game, sometimes things just just slip by. But yeah, cor- correctable mistakes. And, and Chase Brown's not really a, a guy known for for fumbling the ball. And and Tommy DeVito came in as that safe quarterback who, who's gonna make the the right play. He's not gonna make the the gutsy play and put yourself in bad position. So yeah, and we saw the offensive line step up the the defensive backs only gave up a a couple huge plays and i think that one of them was just a a mis uh lack of communication between the defensive backs so yeah all in all going back to to saturday's game uh, for for all the bad stuff that that we saw they're they're easily fixable and they weren't things carrying over from the indiana game
0: We talked last hour with Robert Rosenthal just about uh, only the season playing out will tell you how dominant Illinois really was, especially against Virginia, because Mm -hmm. what if Virginia just is really that bad? (laughs) It's weird if they are because Armstrong looked like a Heisman candidate a year ago and turned out Illinois' defense wasn't really that bad, but they (laughs) were in that day, and they Mm -hmm. had to fix some things. So does Virginia get fixed? And you look like, hey, good job. (laughs) It's a young line. I, I I don't know. They just may struggle. Yeah, may struggle. I, I think they'll
1: struggle, like you said, since they've got a, a quarterback who's been there, done that. He'll probably win them some games. I don't know if it, it's necessarily a, a bowl team. And the ACC is so weird. Who knows? Maybe they, they do <laughs> rattle off four or five wins.
0: Tony Elliott was last week talking about how Big Ten is physical and you know they play defense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It's, it's The the defense that they saw against Illinois, if I'm reading between the lines, isn't something that they're going to see for the next eight to nine weeks probably, so something completely different.
0: Well, I asked Ryan Walters about it because they played a lot of man, and they played it really well, especially in the secondary. And Tony Elliott had said leading up to the game that that there's not a lot of teams that play a lot of man like Illinois is doing, and I asked Ryan Walters for his perspective on it. He wasn't willing to go there. Uh, about saying yeah we do it a lot more we don't Uh, you know I don't spend a lot of time watching other teams you know that whole thing Uh, which is fine but he 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 offered a lot lot of interesting perspective here on their ability to play man coverage and it worked really well against Virginia
2: Um, I think it's both you know I think any any scheme out there you've got to be able to teach it and understand what the um, strengths and weaknesses of those schemes are and address those things and I, at the same time like you gotta have players that are capable of uh, running said scheme um and so i think there's a, a combination of of both there um it's just, it just happens to be what what we do and, and what our guys are comfortable and, and good at um and you know they're they're playing fast and, and are coming up with answers in games on to certain splits or stacks or bunches and, and things like that so um, you know, really pleased with how they played Saturday, and um, we'll, we'll continue to, to get better. You know, I don't, I'm not I'm not so sure. Like, I don't spend a lot of time studying other teams' schemes. Um, I just think what, what how we're structuring what we do is kind of unique to us. Um, you know, I'll I'll do like off season studies on on maybe some what somebody's doing in the red zone, or uh, I really like watching NFL tape to see what they're doing on third downs. But you, you look at that and you know, 85 to 90% of of teams in the league on third downs are playing man. So, um, you know, it's also what I was taught early on. Um, You know, a lot of times, you know, especially secondary guys would say, like, if you see the quarterback uh, throw the ball, you're probably going to see it caught as well. You know, just basically saying, like, you want tight windows, you play man coverage. Um, And our guys have really embraced that uh, that mentality, like it is a a mentally challenging thing to be able to play man coverage, you know, snap in, and snap out as much as we do. Um, just because you're, you know, it's it's pretty easy to see if if you're successful or not uh, from play to play because you you know, everybody in the stands can tell you who who you're responsible for. You know what I mean? Um, but our guys do a good job of uh, when we're not in man of, of disguising um, and making it look like we are and. They're just operating at an efficient level right now.
0: Ryan Walters on playing a lot of man. It makes sense,
1: especially when you, you think it's a very experienced defensive backfield, a lot of playing time, been around college football. They they understand that. Even coming from Lovey's defense uh, that a lot of people didn't like, and, and it didn't really fit the college games, it's still, I, I think they probably learned a lot from him when he was here, and the same kind of things apply. And, and I think that breakdown against Virginia that we were talking about with the miscommunication, I think that was one of the plays where they decided to play zone and then you know they they got beat over the top but you you've got guys that that can match up with with receivers you got some hard hitters in Devin Witherspoon um so yeah go go with your your strengths and, and I like it you, you know me I I know zone defense in football is way different than zone defense and basketball but I I'm not a fan of the zone man up take your man be better than your man
0: well if you got players especially yeah and 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 Witherspoon, Witherspoon and Martin were just glued to guys all game long. Yeah, that's, and they had that's this. What they do? Yeah, and they they had this ability to time it, and not not get flagged, and just get in there at at the right moment, and and they had a quarterback that was under pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it goes hand in hand. I mean, Keith Randolph had a, had a, one of his finest games. So it, it's not just because one or two guys are out there. But the, this 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 defense really played well against Virginia, and they sh- you know they should have basically should show up and win <laughs> <laughs> against Chattanooga. I mean, good test come against Wisconsin on October first. Give me a lot of buildup to that game.
1: Yeah, and I heard Lauren talking last hour. How much are they going to balance between getting ready for this game coming up in just over a week, and how much are, are you getting ready for your? real first big 10 test although you lost to indiana so i don't know if that really counts but how much are you getting ready for wisconsin how much of the stuff that you're going to use against wisconsin are you going to try against chattanooga how much of it are you going to hide i I, i'm guessing it's going to be very similar to what we saw against Wyoming in that you're not going to see a lot of guys rushing. It's going to be three, four guys on the pass rush. And as far as the offense, it's give chase Brown the ball and hopefully pick up five to 10 yards through, through the pass and just, just get an easy win.
0: Got more head here on sports talk. Um, cooler weather is here. How's the furnace doing? You might have to turn it on before you know it. I recommend CU trade services to you. They appreciate everybody who voted in the News Gazette's People's Choice. They received several different categories of best in, uh, best in the category or placing. And they say they're humbled to be working here in the area in your home and appreciate everyone who took the time to vote for them. You can get on a plan. Take that, uh, that moment of stress out of your mind by just getting somebody in to look at the furnace now. Get on a maintenance plan. Do that preventative service you need. It's kind of like uh, an oil change for your car and all the other stuff you do with routine maintenance so that you don't have a huge bill for something more disastrous. So check out CU Trade Services. They're a growing company. Uh, they are one of the best here in town, and they really can do it all with just one call, how they sister sister up there with CU Under Construction. Those experts in the trades are helping all the construction Projects and vice versa. They've got a great team that they have built together. I recommend you try them at CuTradeservices.com. We carry on on Sports Talk. News Talk 1493 and FN. Got anything on your mind? Weigh in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 217 351 5357. Later this week, we'll play two out of three. Chance to win some cash, uh, or certificates—that is, not actual cash—to go eat at the Esquire, or drink, or do whatever else you want to do at the Esquire. Appreciate it, Barry Loney Jr., Illini offensive coordinator on the goals this week for Illinois. We got to
4: get better. I mean, that's that's uh, yeah, that's just really the bottom line of it. I mean, we have got to get better in a lot of areas. Uh, there's, you know, there there's glimpses. And there's moments, uh, there's actually even quarters or even parts of the game where you we play offense and and it looks like it needs to look, and then there's those moments that it does it, and uh, we've got to get more consistent. The only way you can get more consistent is uh, is being better detailed in, in in your fundamentals and about what we're asking them to do, understanding the system better, and so uh, this this time that we have to. To breathe a little bit. It's going to go by really quickly because we've got an opponent coming to town next Thursday that I think is really talented, uh, that, but we've got to take care of ourselves. And that's the biggest thing about coming out of this break is we got to get better. Like you, you either go forward or backward during these times. And we certainly can't afford to go backward. And, um, so we're going to really press our guys and challenge our guys to get better. I think they all see that we've got to get better in a lot of areas. Uh, when you watch that film, uh, including coaches as, as you start here, uh, but I think there's also some uh, some real sense of understanding from our guys that when we do when we do play, uh, you, you know, we we can be, be pretty good at times. You know, we can be pretty good at times. And uh, I don't know why I stuttered over that, but that, on that delivery. But you guys know what I'm saying. I mean, like when we when we play, like we're capable of. We've we've had some moments this year already through the first three weeks that have been good offense. We just got to piece more of those together, and you do that through practice habits because practice habits they show up on game day.
0: All right, there you go. Yeah, they do have to be better. There's no doubt about that. The level at which the offense played this past week probably won't cut in it. Cut it week in and week out, starting October first. Yeah,
1: depends to be seen. Doesn't Chase quite... Brown cuts it? Uh, say I we talked about it Saturday you score 10 points in some of these big 10 games you're going to be coming away double digit winners I think <laughs> so we'll see but no you you like the the no-nonsense approach to it and we kind of expected that from the offense there was going to be some kinks to work out here the first couple weeks new system new quarterback uh, offensive line hasn't been settled kind of like we we thought it would. So they're 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 focused on, on getting better and you imagine over these next 10 days maybe that that offensive playbook's going to expand a little bit. We're going to start seeing some more deep balls and maybe we're going to finally get some more running backs in, into the rotation to give Chase Brown a a, a bit of a break, but the the offense need, needs work, but I, I think you can see where it's further ahead than it was last year, and I don't think that this offense would let what happened when Rutgers came to town happen again.
0: <laughs> that is true. All right. Uh, hey, baseball, I, I saw this come across, and I thought it was interesting that obviously Aaron Judge has a chance to, to break a record. There is a Japanese player. Mm-hmm that has tied the single-season record for Japan's professional league, Sadaharu O's record of 55 has been tied by Munataka Murakami. Mm-hmm. He is 22 years old, and uh, that 55 mark, I mean, that is as sacred as... Uh, Ruth's 56 was here. Oh yeah, as then Maris's 61 was. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a that is a big deal, and he has tied the most homers in a season by a Japanese-born player in Nippon professional baseball.
1: Real, really cool story, and and he seemed to to come over not necessarily home run chases, but to just some really good baseball over there, him and Roki Suzuki, who we've talked about here in the past, who had like 17 perfect innings in a row earlier this year. Oh yeah. There, there's, there's some, some young talent in Japan uh, that M O B scouts and front offices are looking at, and they know they're a, a couple of three years away. Usually it's 25 or 26 before they can get posted. But, uh, really cool like you said that this doesn't happen in Japan hitting this many home runs and and they've still got a couple weeks left on their season yet and you look at his swing and it's got a little bit of that Japanese flavor to it but you can also see where he's gearing it towards a, a move over to Major League Baseball at, at one point and I, I can't wait till till he comes over here because we've seen it's it's I, I don't know there, there was just Every time a a player comes over, there's some skepticism, but the track record of these guys now, you know, going back to to Ichiro and and even Dice K when he first came and Yu Darvish and Masahiro Tanaka and now Suzuki, I mean, the the success rate
0: is really high with those guys nowadays. Do you think if he has a chance to surpass uh, but a bunt is called upon that he'll do do so like Tom (laughs) Selleck did in Mr. Baseball? No. Uh, I had a chance. I watched. I had seen that movie and uh, uh, talked with a a, a, a manager slash former professional player who played in Japan, and he just said that movie's not that far off. <laughs>
1: it's pretty accurate. I've only watched because they. It's like one of the four movies MLB Network shows. I've only seen part of it before, but that's that's funny.
0: Well, like most baseball movies, is it really about baseball? No, is it really there's about a about story. Bridging our differences and coming to an understanding and, and falling in love and <laughs> and we'll, really it's about learning to appreciate each other and the differences and our different values and what makes us all, you know, special on this globe. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's got to have that. Uh, it's a fun watch. Artistic value to it. it just, I wouldn't call it high art, but <laughs> it, it, there's some fun to it. I mean, it's a Tom Selleck movie first. Not of all. an award winner, but a, a yeah. noteworthy. Yeah. I mean, you know, up there with three men and a baby in terms of his (laughs) finest performances.
1: (laughs) Some people like that one, so I could see it. Was
0: that a ghost in the cutout? (laughs) No, but, uh, you know, they were... uh, Some pitchers supposedly didn't... They pitched around hitters as they were approaching that record because that record was sacred Mm. for Saru O. So interesting to see that this may finally happen, and uh, it's on my bucket list. I want to go to Wimbledon. I want to go see a major league or a professional game in Japan. Mm-hmm. In yeah, terms the, of sports things that are, you know, just go sometime.
1: And, and their stadiums are are on the up and up. I often talk about that site on YouTube, and, and a number of them are either renovating their stadiums or getting new stadiums, and and they're really cool. We have our
0: final segment in a moment. What's that? one's <laughs> got a lot going on. Strutting. I'd say so. Blake Landa left his mark. <laughs> We appreciate it. Coming up on the finish of this Tuesday edition of Sports Talk tomorrow, we'll talk a little Cardinals baseball with Joe Pott from the Cardinals radio network does some of their pre and post game coverage. Also the voice of the SIUE Cougars down there in Edwardsville. So look forward to doing that. Uh, injuries to Illinois football players. Ezekiel Holmes out for the season. Jamal Woods could be back sooner than later. I uh, had a minor's procedure that Brett Pielma says uh, not as bad as they thought it would be.
1: Yeah, they think he could be available for Thursday, so I wonder how minor or what that exactly means. I don't know. It, it's a, a change of pace. We probably wouldn't have gotten that out of the last coaching staff. So to to know that he went through something and they're they're hoping to have him back is some I guess welcome to information. But uh, t- tough blow. For Ezekiel Holmes and that that outside linebacking core, we've seen guys step up. Uh, Gabe Jackis and, and a number of freshmen got some playing time on Saturday, so they'll get an opportunity. But that was a guy who had a starting spot, if I remember right, coming into the year, right? Yeah, it was least in competition yeah, for. There it. was, there was like kind of three, three. Yeah. for
0: the for two. You know, him and Bryant and uh, help me out. The other one, Trey Barnes. I think he's inside. He is inside. I'll think of it in a sec. Sorry See, about here that. Here we go. Brain cramp. <laughs> got to keep, got to stay hydrated. That too. More fun coming up tomorrow. Thanks to all that participated in this show. Lauren Tate and Robert Rosenthal first hour. Evan Kahn here in the second hour. Ed Bond on the other side of the glass. Cubs, Cardinals, and White Sox all in action tonight.
1: Should, should be good. We'll see if
0: we can get three wins. Yep. And we'll see what Mike Trout can do too. If he can tie a mm-hmm. major league record for consecutive games with a home run. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. White Sox baseball at 630 on Newstalk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, 6 o'clock. Good night.